93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable. Glad that you have tuned in this weekend. I've got a great show planned for you this weekend. Uh, we are going to visit with Steve Paul Sell, who is a former Boone County Fire Chief, but also the flight director for Central Missouri Honor Flight. They had a flight this week. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fred. Good to be here. Uh, great, great to have you here. And um, I... Um, you were in the news this week. I, I, let's start off because I think it'd be important for people to know a little bit about uh, your background. Uh, I have friends of mine who say they grew up with Steve Paul Sell. So t- t- tell us about your background. Where'd you grow up and, and uh, um, uh, how did you get to where you are today? Well, I was uh, a boomer. My dad was in World War II and uh, Battle of the Bold, Silver Star, and um, came back here, GI Bill. He was from Rolla, as mm-hmm. was my mother, high school sweethearts. Um, and um, uh, came back from the war uh, with GI Bill here in Columbia, a uh, degree in forestry. Hmm. Um, worked for the university for a short time uh, up in Weldon Springs area, the uh, old Weldon Springs Ordnance Works there that made munitions for World War II. Was, a lot of that ground was transferred over to the state. And oh. Some of it went to the School of Forestry for research and teaching, so he managed that for about a year. That's where they were when I was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, I moved to the Ozarks, uh, worked for Pioneer Forest down there for a while. Leo Dry out of St. Louis owned a bunch of timber down there. Went back to work for the university at a teaching research facility down at Lake Wapapella hmm. and, uh, and, uh, down by Poplar Bluff. But when did you move to Columbia? How old were you? Right, I was five or four, okay. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He got transferred up here to the campus so I could go to Columbia Public Schools instead of Wayne County School. <laughs> <laughs> And, well, who uh, knows? Uh, went through, graduated from Hickman, went to university. Mm-hmm. Uh, protests were going on and that sort of thing. And I take it you were not one of the protesters. No, I wasn't and uh, wasn't brought up that way. And I uh, I had been exposed to Smokey Bear throughout my childhood because mm-hmm. of my dad. And, yeah. And I, for some reason, uh, saw the small little volunteer group of people trying to start a <coughs> excuse me, rural fire department. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, just drove by their station one day, and I said, let me see what this is about. And as they say, the rest is history. Yeah. Were you the first <laughs> official chief of uh, the Boone County Fire no, Protection? No, Bill Westhoff was. Okay. Uh, he had been the chief of the volunteer nonprofit corporation uh, radio squad fire department and uh, transferred over when we became a fire district in 1970. And uh, he served as fire chief until 77, and uh, he was the head of training at the university, fire mm-hmm. training. And he was on the road a lot, and he said – and they had hired me in 72 to to work on fire trucks and things. Didn't I didn't apply for the job, but – Got drafted. Got drafted. Yeah, which beats getting drafted into anything yeah. else. And I told them that I uh, was not a mechanic, and <laughs> they said that doesn't matter. And it took me two years to really prove to them I wasn't, and so they promoted me. Uh-huh. And uh, we hired a real mechanic, and um, we were operating off a lot of military surplus stuff in those days. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. In 1977, Bill decided to step down as fire chief just because he didn't have the time and recommended that this scrawny 26-year-old would be a good candidate for the mm-hmm. future to 
continue to build it. And yeah. So that's I was uh, 26 when yeah. I went fire chief. When you left the fire department, how many? How big was it? I mean, by that time you had brought on uh, Missouri Task Force One, right. uh, which was a, a huge endeavor. And yeah. uh, uh, when you left, how how big? Uh, how many stations? And and do you remember apparatus? Uh, those kinds of numbers, number of uh, employees. Well, not really. Uh, we were we were well over a hundred pieces of rolling stock. Uh, mm-hmm. I think fourteen fire stations. I don't remember how many personnel. I think we were around uh, full time. We're probably about uh, twelve or thirteen, probably full, maybe fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were we were all support in nature, training, maintenance, uh, clerical, uh, tr- you know, training. Um, but the firefighter, the volunteer firefighters, remained manning the stations and yeah. that sort of thing we were all firefighters as well but but uh we we chose to go that direction yeah. as opposed to starting to hire people and, and put them in fire stations just the district just was never going to be able to afford that yeah uh, and of course missouri task force one was called to new york city on 9 11 and, and uh, of course many, many of us will remember that but uh one of the reasons I'm bringing all this up is uh, you were very recently uh, given the Lifetime Achievement Award by the Missouri Association of Fire Chiefs. Uh, yeah, last Saturday night. Last Saturday right. night. Yeah, that's congratulations. Well, thanks. Well thanks deserved. And means, uh, means a lot. Yeah. You built a, a heck of a department here, and and uh, uh, and of course, uh, getting Task Force One off the um, uh, off the ground was uh, a monumental task as well. So, uh, thank you for your good service to the citizens of Boone County. We're actually here today to talk about Central Missouri Honor Flight. You are the flight director. For, which is a volunteer position. Uh, you were in the news this week because on Monday you took a group of Vietnam and Korean war vets to Washington, D.C. as part of Honor Flight. Talk about this week's trip. Well, we uh, had 95 uh, veterans, uh, pr- mostly Vietnam. I think we had uh, six or seven uh, Korea veterans. And uh, uh, it was our first trip in two and a half years. Yeah. We were. I was. I was a little... Well, I was concerned that we would not be able to regain the rhythm that mm-hmm. we had developed over yeah. 61 flights. Because when you think about the logistics of the trip and the day, uh, you better have a rhythm. Yeah. Because there's a lot of a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I was talking to somebody this morning, and and uh, um, you know, I, I said if we lose 50, if we lose 30 minutes on the front end, we never get it back <laughs> because we're we're going at Mach four all the time anyway. Yeah. There's not there's not another overdrive gear. Yeah, and um, we we lost 30 minutes uh, due to uh, the plane that we were going to get on in St. Louis had hit a bird coming in and. Mm. That caused us a lot of delays. So. It could have been worse because you got a call a, a couple of weeks ago that uh, the flight that you had reserved to take your veterans on their flight had, suddenly was not going to happen because the airline you booked it through could not find pilots to fly the, the jet. Yeah, that was uh, a little bit more than a hiccup. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, kind of <laughs> for this. Story. It kind of expanded your vocabulary. I understand. Yeah, probably did. I, I said darn or something. But yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah, it, if you know, a plane is pretty consequential to what we do yeah and uh um so i pondered that for a few moments and then uh, i realized that uh you and i have a mutual friend as yeah. vice president friends in high places yeah yeah vice president of southwest airlines and so i shot him an email and i said uh kind of in a bind here and i need i need a plane with pilots in mm-hmm. about two weeks and, and uh about a day and a half later we had a plane that's amazing it was well, that's great and he, well he, he really these days that's not easy to do no not at all uh, uh, you read about what's happened with the airlines and yeah, and, yeah. and um so um i want to talk a little bit about the itinerary because uh i 
uh, I think most people would be surprised to know that the day actually begins around 10 p.m. Uh, the day before. So Sunday night, uh, uh, all of your uh, uh, participants and volunteers uh, were showing up at the Courtyard Marriott around 10 o'clock. Correct. Uh, about a week and a half before that, we have a we have a pre-flight meeting on a Sunday afternoon at the Courtyard Marriott. We bring them all in, the guardians, talk about what to wear, what to bring those kinds of things and it gives them a chance to meet us a lot of these veterans are pretty apprehensive about flying halfway across the country back in the day with strangers yeah. Yeah. so we do that and then we need we need to put an eyeball on them too to see if what they submitted in terms of their medical condition matches what mm-hmm. we're looking at in terms of mobility and so forth correct yeah yeah and so uh, then we we tell them to be at the uh, hotel uh no later than eleven thirty p.m uh the night before the flight and they start arriving about seven. Uh, they're <laughs> they're anxious to go. <laughs> they're anxious to go. Yeah, and it's it's really kind of it's really spe- the whole thing's special. Yeah, but that's to see these. They, they almost look like grade schoolers sitting in their seats. Yeah, you know, waiting and waiting to go, chomping at the bit, waiting to get on a bus. Yeah, well, you know, it's really uh, as we walk through the itinerary, there are so many emotional high points along the way. Uh, do you come back uh, twenty two hours later, just absolutely physically exhausted? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and emotionally exhausted. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it, we we take we we call them guardians. They're the escorts. So they they will probably have two to three veterans in their charge. Plus, they'll be pushing a wheelchair. They'll be carrying one of our supply bags, and uh, it is uh, it's not a it's not a vacation. It's an incredibly life changing experience, but not because you get to see Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. It's because right. you get to walk the walk with these guys. Yeah, and. Um, um, so uh yeah it's 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 physically very demanding um we're doing a lot of lifting and pushing the wheelchairs and loading and unloading and uh that sort of thing but it's also very emotionally draining and you're correct there's there are a lot of emotional moments and and this this whole honor flight thing is is advertised as an opportunity for these veterans to see their war memorials the granite the marble and so on yeah what we found early on was it's a lot more than that it's about healing it's about remembering and honoring um, we all know that a lot of these veterans are carrying some really bad memories, particularly the Vietnam veterans, the way they were treated when they came back. And, and, um, the nightmares, I mean, I've got mm-hmm. some horrific stories, suicides that had been planned that are on our, our honor flight interrupted one guy's schedule. Wow. And he was scheduled to, to, in his mind, time, place, date, everything. Yeah. Uh, the Friday before we were going to fly. Wow. And, uh, he, he went ahead and, pushed that back a week so he could go on the honor flight because he didn't want to inconvenience us by canceling <laughs> <laughs> well and, that's uh, good that he did yeah so yeah. it, it, it turned yeah. to change his life but uh it it is and it it's uh it, it watching the emotion i don't know how to put this but watching the emotional highs and lows that they go through and it's designed that way mm-hmm. we, we, it's it's not all serious it's a scripted event it is yeah it is and sequenced for for a lot because of a lot of things but to watch them change over the course of the day and develop friendships Mm -hmm. close close friendships with strangers yeah is just beyond powerful yeah and meaningful yeah okay so uh, i want to jump into the itinerary because uh, you meet at the uh the hotel at uh 10 p.m uh when do you get on the bus to head to st louis we boarded uh, uh monday morning we boarded about uh i started boarding about one fifteen. 
uh, we were out of there by uh, probably one forty-five, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, TSA opens up at four a.m., so uh, we try to get there ahead of that, so that we're ready to go through the line instead of arriving at four or four fifteen. Yeah, they set up a separate uh, line for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we've submitted the names in advance. They've been cleared, so we we are. Uh, it didn't used to be this way. It used to be horrendous, but. Uh, in working with TSA uh, as diplomatically as I <laughs> I can, which is which, which is admirable. My wife's told me twice <laughs> or in the early days, you better stop. They've called for reinforcements. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the, it was a, it was a disaster getting through uh, TSA. Uh, one of the reasons why it was, the, of course, the mobility issue, but. These guys, a lot of these guys are filled with shrapnel, yeah. and that sets off metal detectors. Yes, it does. No lie. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable to think that these men have carried that metal, and women, in their bodies all these years, you know? And a lot of it works its way out. Wow. Over um, time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so it, 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 yeah, it was, we had, we reached the point where we have candy bags full of little candy bars and stuff. They had to, we were to the point of ridiculousness when they, their detector said that there could, that they were getting signals of explosives. Oh, yeah. So they, they scanned every piece of candy. Mm-hmm. You know, it took like an hour. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. But now we just float, float So through. you called your favorite senator in Washington, D.C. and <laughs> got that yeah, taken care of. Kind of. <laughs> Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. Maybe you called several senators, but um, yeah. all right. So you're you're at the airport. You're going through. What time is the flight department from St. Louis? Five thirty. Five thirty. Okay. We were a little late getting out because of the bird strike that occurred yeah. to the plane coming in. But uh, yeah, I got out five thirty. We're in up there about eight fifteen, eight thirty. And, and then the the it gets really uh, the the first emotional uh, moment of the day is when you arrive at Reagan National Airport in Washington D.C. Uh, tell us about that that welcome. Well, we. We have learned and and we anticipated this that a lot of these Vietnam veterans were going to have a not a technical term I guess but kind of a flashback in their memory about what it was like the last time they were with a bunch of military people and they got on an air alpha an airplane the last yeah. time mm-hmm. and they got spit out and thrown yeah. out and called all kinds of names yep and um, so I know we know that that's on a lot of their minds yeah and. Uh, we have volunteers in Washington D.C. that are assigned to that airport up there in Reagan. And prior to our arrival, they go into the waiting area. They get clearance to go into the waiting area, and they make announcements to all the traveling public that's sitting in there waiting, you know, for their plane about what's to happen and what's about to happen. And they'll get them up, and they form a cordon with these people. Mm. So when we come out of that uh, out of that jetway, there they are, yeah. and they. Uh, uh, they so cheer and they cheering, cry, oh, standing gosh, ovation. Yeah, and, we, we and got a, a, many times we've got a little band, a little military-style band up there uh, uh, near the security checkpoint that's playing. Everybody claps for them as they go through the airport. Wow. It's really powerful. We get on a couple, three buses, and uh, under police escort, we take off. Yeah. We are visiting with Steve Paulsell, who is the flight director uh, for Central Missouri Honor Fight, former Boone County Fire Chief. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking about uh, this past Monday's trip with Korean and uh, Vietnam veterans to Washington, D.C. for Honor Flight. We'll be back after this break. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. Whispering in the trees, it's two cities and they're 
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Steve Paulsell, former Boone County Fire Chief, but also the Flight Director for Central Missouri Honor Flight. Uh, you started doing Honor Flights in Columbia back when? May of 2009 was our first flight. Okay. And Honor Flights nationally kind of got underway in 2006. So you were one of the early adapters. You you got in early. And and uh, how many flights have you taken so far? Uh, now 62. 62. That is amazing. 62, yeah. 40, almost 4,700 veterans, just short of it. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. That really is. Um, okay. So you arrive in uh, Washington, D.C. They, they, they get the heroes welcome. They deserve, finally, uh, the welcome home. Uh at Reagan National Airport, and then the, the you board on buses, and uh, you begin your, your tour. Uh, first stop, Arlington Cemetery? Correct. Talk about that. They get on the buses, and uh, they've got a box lunch there. Uh, since we eat breakfast at midnight, we're eating lunch at 9 a.m. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, box lunch, bottle of water, off we go. Uh, generally, uh, not this time, but uh, uh, in the past, we've been escorted by U.S. Park Police lights and sirens and so on uh, we're going to talk about that a little political uh, hiccup there uh where the honor flight uh, b- uh buses were no longer allowed to be escorted by uh police we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second uh so they they get to arlington national cemetery arlington national cemetery uh we've arranged uh, we have to schedule a, a a viewing of the changing of the guard uh we submit our application we do that all in advance uh and uh, we have a specific route that we have to stay on with these buses. We used to have to uh, um, get on those trolleys. And, oh, yeah. And, and we're, we travel with about 20. We had 25 wheelchairs on this flight. Mm-hmm. And we had to manually lift those up and put them in the seats of that trolley. And it got ridiculous. And yeah. So we called on our friends in Washington yeah. again. <laughs> got that policy changed. So yeah. anyway, uh, uh, we, we, go, we go up to the Tomb of the Unknowns. And... Uh, uh, it's a very very somber trip. Uh, uh, we we play uh, Trace Atkins' uh, uh, Arlington wow. song on wow. the way up. You know, just tears. Yeah. And we get out up there and uh, we go around the amphitheater and and we are allowed by the security people to put our veterans in front of the rest of the folks on the steps there. So everybody moves back about three rows and everybody's very understanding of yeah. that. And then we're allowed to bring all of our wheelchairs over on the uh, on the be the east side of the of the uh, parade ground, so to speak, mm-hmm. in, a, in a limited area there, so they can get up and see well. And so we we watch that uh, something that the guards do. Of course, they wear taps on their shoes, and and uh, they're not allowed to scuff their feet. That's got that's part of the drill. Mm-hmm. But when we're there, and when they when the guards coming in to change pass by our people they scuff their shoes wow. two or three times yeah and, and that's salute. A, it's an honor to it's an these honor. veterans yeah. yeah and uh that's pretty cool so, and it's one of those unwritten uh rules that uh just speaks yeah. volumes yeah. yeah yeah it really does so we we tell them in advance to listen for that and to yeah. turn up their wheel their uh, hearing aids yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh but uh, yeah that's that's a very solemn thing and then there's some some graves around there uh, audie murphy's and uh john glenn's and there's a new uh a memorial there in that same general area to the close to five thousand huey helicopter pilots or helicopter pilots that and crews that lost their lives in vietnam that's an unbelievable number and uh having 
we we actually were the first honor flight to consecrate that a week after it was dedicated with a wreath and we had uh, some guys that i think we had one pilot but we also had a number of of vietnam veterans that spoke to that and said you know they were alive today because of those because of the the, the Helicopter courage pilots. of those guys yeah. yeah i mean they flew into some pretty impossible situations yes, I mean, it really was a death mission just to even go in and, and yeah. rescue wounded and and so forth but yeah uh, there was a, at least a fifty-fifty chance you weren't going to get out of there. Right. So yeah, um, yeah, pretty pretty amazing. So that we uh, okay, finish that up, and we go back down the hill and uh, uh, stop at the women's memorial. It was closed under under renovation uh, this trip, but should be open by by the first of June. So we had five uh, female veterans, Vietnam veterans, on the flight this time, and we were unable to get them inside. I tried to make arrangements beforehand and just wasn't going to work but uh we took a picture of them you got them off the bus and took a picture in front of the other memorial and uh and got a lot of love from the uh, park police yeah that's yeah we (laughs) said get back on the bus we got to go (laughs) Uh, so anyway then we go over to the iwo jima marine memorial and um um we're there for about 30 minutes and we get off and uh the marines all gather up and take a picture and yeah and i uh I talked to a Marine yesterday. He called about the flight, and uh, he he was talking about his feelings there. Mm. And uh, I can't imagine how important it yeah. was. And, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, and then uh, there's a, 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 a long line of uh, porta porta potties there, green porta potties because mm-hmm. they they're they're building a, a fixed facility, but but they've had these green porta potties there forever. So when we passed by those, I. I announced that uh, one of the highlights of the trip today is for, for you guys to get to see the Jane Fonda Memorial <laughs> latrine. <laughs> I'm sure that gets a good response. It gets a good response. I'm sure she is still beloved after oh, all these years. Oh, she sure is. <laughs> <laughs> Hanoi Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's um, well. So, it, so that's really a pretty uh, moving uh, experience. Uh, um, I. I think I told you yesterday that uh, uh, I used to work in an office building in Roslyn, Virginia, that overlooked the Iwo Jima uh, Memorial, and and uh, uh, it's a pretty special place. It is. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, so after uh, Iwo Jima, you go over to is it World War Two? Is that where you go next? Yeah, we head over that way. We do a rolling bus tour up Independence Avenue, across in front of the uh, west uh, side of the Capitol, mm-hmm. and then come back down uh, uh, on uh, Pennsylvania Avenue, pointing out the sites and the you know the smithsonian buildings and bill you know where the bill of rights and everything is yeah and uh turn turn left there at the uh, at the white house compound and um go back over to constitution and we end up at the world war ii memorial uh, you told me that your your bus drivers uh your bus captains have a 100 page script that they're they're basically reading as people go through these and pass these sites and so it's really pretty educational what 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 percentage of your of your honor flight veterans do you think have been to Washington D.C. to see these memorials? I mean, is it how many of them are seeing it for the first time? Would you oh, guess? Oh, the vast majority, first timers. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, wow. I, I, uh, more Vietnam people, veterans have been there probably than say World War II or Korea, mm-hmm. um, percentage wise, um, just because uh, the World War II memorial was finished in two thousand four. Yeah, after Vietnam. Yeah, after Vietnam memorial and Korea. Yeah. yeah, and the uh, you know they by the time it was, it was built, a lot of them couldn't travel on their own. Yeah, uh, many of those guys that we've taken could only go with us. Mm-hmm. They, there's no way they could have gone under conventional yeah. travel. Well, there, there's something uh, you and I have visited with uh, about before. Um, 
a lot of these guys simply will not talk about their combat experiences. Um, you won't hear a World War II veteran, especially a Vietnam veteran, uh, talk. Uh, very rarely will they open up and talk about their experiences because, one, it was so horrifying, and two, they're ashamed of what they were asked to do on behalf of their country. Correct. You know, yeah. and uh, that's that's a real struggle. And so, so these guys have probably avoided Washington D.C. for the most part. I, I know that we've talked before. Uh, you have to do some arm twisting. Some relatives have to do some arm twisting to get these guys to go on this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, but once they do, it's it's a real transformation. Absolutely. Yeah. They there there are a lot of pieces of that to that. It's very complex. But uh, you're correct in that they they have a lot of up feelings they don't want them to resurface there you know but um, we do not allow family members or friends to serve as guardians with their parents or their friends uh, we did that initially and it just didn't work for us and, and it didn't work initially because a guardian has two or three veterans with one of them's dad yeah you know what happens there yeah but over time we also learned that uh, as these guys came back decided to go anyway without their son or daughter uh, or their wife. Yeah. You know, we don't need a 90-year-old wife going with a 90-year-old veteran. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, the veteran would come back and say, "You know what? I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I didn't insist yeah. on that because I was able to talk to these guys and be honest with each other and mm-hmm. trust them. Yeah, nobody's judging. Yeah, there's a code of honor there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we we specifically direct our guardians not to sit with the veterans if at all possible. Now the numbers don't always work out exact but um we want veterans sitting with veterans and uh our, none of us ask questions about their service or combat or anything like that. if they want to talk to us about that that's fine but we don't ask questions mm. that's between them and their buddy over there yeah and we want them to form new friendships and levels of trust and so on now we were told by family members have been for years that they never you know so and so my dad my brother never talked about it but now, in some sense, now they won't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I found it that's so good. Fair. I mean, that's yeah, therapeutic. I absolutely. mean, that's very healthy. Yeah. Uh, so at the World War II Memorial, there are pillars for each state and uh, uh, the territories, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri. Uh, so you, you stop at the Missouri pillar. Uh, this week, you had a very special guest. Well, we've had uh, we've had uh, the several special guests over the years. We've mm-hmm. had chairman. We had members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff come meet us at the Air Force Memorial. But uh, Roy Blunt was there. Uh, this as, week yeah yeah that's as, pretty as we, cool as we got off the bus there yeah um and uh uh he was a big hit and mm-hmm. they, they really kind of posed we he posed for a lot of pictures yeah roy's a great guy and well it's and, it's you know most politicians are not in washington on a monday, monday. it's a travel day uh but the fact that he ha- that he was there and he made a point to take a time out of his schedule to be there is yeah. is a, a real a class act yeah tribute yeah, so, yeah no it was uh it really was and uh uh, they were really pleased with that, and um, we also had uh, Mike Kehoe serving as a guardian on this flight. Um, he's been a, Mike's been a great supporter of ours, raising money in Jeff City for us for years on the Radiothon and so on. And um, so he kept telling us he wanted to go someday. So we kind of pressed the issue this time and said, "Fill out the application." So. <laughs> Oh yeah, I got to fill out an application. Yes, Governor, you have to fill out the application. So then we'll then we'll have to 
check it out and approve it yeah you know stand by <laughs> well that's great so he 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 uh traveled with you in the function of a, of guardian. a guardian yeah, yeah he's pushing cool. wheelchairs and yeah he's on the steps doing stairway safety so no day. vip treatment for him nope yeah nope he didn't want it I mean, yeah he just wanted to be yeah. part of it that's and, great yeah. that's awesome um the next stop is is uh, the vietnam memorial and uh Wow, that is, I lived in Washington, D.C. for a few years, and I will tell you, um, you know, I was a, I mean, I'm not bragging, but I was a baby during Vietnam, and, and uh, so I have very few memories of, of what was happening during Vietnam, uh, but that is a place that is rife with emotion. I mean, it is uh, an unbelievably solemn place. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a real, real, real close number two to Arlington. In fact, really? I, on most days, I'd compare it to Arlington yeah. in terms of the impact that it has. Yeah, and there's uh, uh, one of the things that that we've talked about before is you know there, people leave uh, relics, uh, they leave uh, souvenirs, they leave personal mementos, photos, um, you know, uh, all kinds of things at the at the wall. Um, uh, you had uh, you you once told me the story about one of your Vietnam vets. Um, took his the combat boots he wore in vietnam right. and, and left them at the wall tell, tell us about that story yeah he he had a he was wearing a backpack and uh he'd been pretty quiet throughout the flight and that's normal for some mm-hmm. you know and uh, um all of a sudden we see this pair of combat boots sitting against the wall and um he's standing there and he had been carrying these boots in his backpack and um he's very quiet and um uh, we took some pictures, but uh, it was not one of those places and times where conversation was appropriate. Mm-hmm. And so we he talked later, um, and he said, "You know," he said, "I this is so special to me. It's a, my entire life, I have sworn if there's any way possible, I could get to this wall. I'd bring these boots and leave them there, and I'd put all the anger and the madness and the sorrow and the guilt and the shame." And uh, all all of that in those boots, and leave it right here. Wow! And I put it in front of uh, uh, the panel where somebody he knew was mm-hmm. on the wall. Yeah. And he said, and this was back at the buses, and he said, "I'm a different man now." Yeah. And you were able to verify that with family members, family members. in a follow up uh, yeah. uh, event. And mm-hmm. and uh, uh, when we come back from this break, we'll continue our conversation with Steve Paulself, uh, who is former Boone County Fire Chief and also the flight director of uh, Central Missouri Honor Flight. Uh, we'll talk about some of the etchings uh, and the significance of the etchings that come from the Vietnam Wall. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. This is 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable. As you know, we are visiting with Steve Paulsell, who is the uh, flight director of the Central Missouri Honor Flight. And uh, this is uh, a pretty impressive organization. I know that uh, uh, your sister, uh, is Mary, is very active with the organization, and your wife, Sharon. Uh, you guys... Um, uh, you have assembled a, a, a team, and everybody's a volunteer. I mean, you you Correct. have assembled a great team of volunteers, hundreds to, of people that yeah that, to really, make this happen. Really, really committed, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, 
one of the things uh, that uh, one of your volunteers hops off the bus at uh, Reagan National Airport and, and gets into an Uber and heads over to the Vietnam Wall because uh, uh, to do etchings and uh, to see this giant granite black wall with more than 45,000 names on it. Uh, 58,000 plus. 58,000. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, you um, it takes some time to find the names uh, because there's so many there. But um, uh, your volunteer goes over and, and does the etchings for uh, the veterans. Because, I mean, when you, when you have 90 Vietnam veterans, they have had close friends, uh, family members who lost their lives and their names are on that wall. Uh, tell us about that etching experience and what it means to people. Well, um, yeah, the, we asked the veterans to uh, to submit names in advance to us if it's possible uh, of names they'd like to look up. So when we get to the wall, uh, their guardian has that information in the backside of their name badge, as do the veterans themselves. So they know where to go. It's not like, let's look it up and see what panel and fumbling around with that. It's already laid out for them. So mm-hmm. they, they know which where which wall to go to of the two and then where on the wall and so on and we etch those she etches those uh those names in advance so we we're sure we've got good etchings then when we get there we take them to the to the the area where the name is help them find it and if they want to etch their own Mm -hmm. we we have the materials there uh to do that with if they don't they just want a picture then we you know guardians will take pictures for them with their phone or camera and and most of the guardians carrying cameras too in addition to our two primary photographers and um the, in terms of the meaning it's it's just again you can't you can't put it in words you have yeah. to see it yeah uh, it's just a strip of paper and a piece of charcoal and uh but there's something very therapeutic about being able to um you know uh, leave that impression of that name on a, on a on a piece of paper. Yeah, there really is, yeah, and there's there's a number of uh, of paintings uh, that have been done over the years of veterans, old veterans, looking at the wall and seeing the reflection of these their buddies, their lost one, their yeah. lost one yeah. at, at, in Vietnam yeah. at that age, looking back at them. And we've heard some of our veterans say, "I saw him; yeah. he was there." Oh. And he told me, I'm, it's okay. Wow. Let go, let go. Yeah. Those kinds, it, it just makes the hair stand up. Yeah. It's just sitting here talking about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's just phenomenal. We've taken two World War II veterans that had never been to the wall where their son's name was. Oh, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's, like I said, you, you simply can't describe it. And we we spend about an hour and 45 minutes at that stop. Yeah. Because they also catch Korea, and then if they want to go see Abe, they can do that. Yeah. But um, um, it's just uh, um, yeah, incredibly moving. Yeah. And, and it's all individual. You know, they all handle it differently. Yeah. One of the final stops on the day is, uh, is a visit over to the Air Force Memorial, uh, which is across the Potomac. Uh, uh, you get to have lunch there. Um, it's a uh, uh, supper. Supper. I'm supper sorry. At three. Excuse me. That's a word you don't use very much around here anymore. But uh, yeah. supper um, at three o'clock in the afternoon, and uh, it's a great, famous barbecue place. Is yep. that right? Yep. Yeah, great barbecue, and uh, 
uh, it gives them a chance just to kind of sit there and relax under the shade trees and eat and talk about their day. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were finishing up a, a pinning ceremony for a promotion there. The Air Force was. They held well, their ceremonies there, caught the tail end of that this time. Uh, we've met a number of, of dignitaries there uh, that have come there to meet us. Uh, mm-hmm. We had uh, uh, Jim Downing, the 102-year-old uh, Pearl Harbor survivor. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he's a friend of ours and was had visited Columbia pr- earlier in the week and was going to Washington to speak at the Rolling Thunder uh, event. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, the, his flights worked out that he could be there and speak. So he came up. We had a speaker system. We'd been dragging all day. The poor guy was dragging it, didn't know why. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, we set him up, and he, he thanked the Vietnam veterans, yeah. which was really cool. That's awesome. We remember yeah. the Joint Chiefs there and uh, several senators and so on. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, the day is far from over. Uh, you board a flight around 4.15 uh, at Reagan National. You head back home. Um, you land in St. Louis, and you begin sort of what uh, I guess I would call a motorcade back to Columbia. Uh, tell us what happens between St. Louis and Columbia. We'll need to back up a little bit and talk about the, the oh, plane Oh, the ride. flight home, absolutely. Yeah. The mail call. Mail call, yeah. yeah. We, uh, unknown to the, to the veterans, uh, we've got a team of ladies that – call when we when we our application asks for two or three different emergency contacts and what we're trying to do is get past the wife or the the husband yeah because we're going to call somebody down with a son or daughter that doesn't live with the veteran Mm -hmm. and uh ask them to contact family members quietly and get them to write letters Mm -hmm. dear dad dear grandpa dear brother whatever and uh, write what's on their heart thank you for your service love you whatever and Mm -hmm. and and we get that they come back in um these ladies get together they sort them out and uh we have school kids that write letters and businesses that do it as well and uh at thirty thousand feet we call mail call out and uh they get this packet of mail in red and blue yarn and uh very emotional yeah incredibly emotional and we hear my son's never said this stuff to me before you know things people use that opportunity to express things that they maybe never had the courage or the opportunity to articulate um, to that veteran. And uh, it gets uh, extraordinarily emotional. It does. Yeah. It really does. You, and, you told the story, uh, you know, mail call was a big deal. They'd yell at your name and, and uh, you get mail. But you, you, you told the story about the orphan who never, ever had his name called um, during mail call. T- talk about that. Um, you had a World War II veteran that uh, served three and a half years in the South Pacific, and uh, he was an orphan as a child, and and uh, never never received a bit of mail. His name was never called, and uh, at uh, thirty thousand feet, of course, his name was called because mm-hmm. we had letters from kids and so on. And I've never seen anybody with such big crocodile tears and a big smile at the same mm-hmm. time as that as that man did. We, about a year and a half later, we get a call from a nurse up in Hannibal. Um, advising us that he had passed away about a week and a half prior and she said he was in her ICU unit for the last three days of his life and she cared for him and she said all he talked about was his honor flight mm-hmm. and when he passed away he had those letters in his hand Whoa. wow and, I, and I've got uh, lots of others but yeah you know I just uh, big impact so then yeah then we, we land uh, come through the airport as we put up down instead of being in the airport at three thirty in the morning, we're we're coming through at six six thirty. Yeah, in the evening, broad daylight. Yeah, and a lot of people in there, and and uh, so they see us coming, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that uh, the the I think it's uh, 
maybe either TSA or Southwest Airlines generally makes an announcement that we were arriving and, and it, as we walk down the corridor there in the terminal people stand up in the waiting areas and clap and applaud as we went by, wow. by. And hmm. if they're out close to them they'll shake their hands and yeah. thank them and it's just it's really powerful so anyway we get on the buses and head for for columbia um we get about 25 miles on the other side of kingdom city and uh a state trooper falls in behind us, and uh, he starts a rolling roadblock. Mm-hmm. So when we get to Kingdom City, there's a two-mile gap between us and, and him mm-hmm. in the traffic. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Because uh, we've got, in, in this case, we had uh, 376 motorcycles. State troopers, Columbia Police, Boone County Sheriff's Department up on the ramp and into that parking lot there at the Firefighters Memorial. And... Um, uh, as we go by, then we, we slow down. We've got a couple troopers in front of us initially, kind of controlling the speed, and then uh, the the officers and the bikes start coming around us one by one. Yeah, and they salute as we as they go by, and people on the bus. We're playing march music, patriotic music on the buses, and the lights are out so they can see uh, see well. And um, they uh, takes uh, almost to the lake of the woods before they all get around us. It's amazing. Yeah, and it's very it's very emotional in there, and and they, you know the the Shryocks over at the corn maze they've got a big bonfire going, and they're shooting off fireworks, and then we get to Millersburg and <laughs> Millersburg Fire Protection District and the uh, the Elks Lodge uh, here in Columbia shooting fireworks there. Really, uh, Prairie Grove Baptist Church, their entire congregations in the parking lot with the oh. light with their lights on, on their cars oh flashing. Oh my gosh! And, and and you see people standing on the shoulder with an American flag all yeah. the way along the road, just just pulled off and waving a flag. And um, uh, we get into the, we get into Columbia. Now every every on ramp from Kingdom City to Columbia is blocked by a state trooper, mm. so nobody can get into our yeah. procession. Yeah, and. Uh, the first time they did all this, I I called uh, uh, the zone sergeant. I said, uh, "What are you doing? This is this is a little more formal than we had in the past." And he said, "Steve just said Missouri State Highway Patrol has a tremendous amount of power and authority, and we're using it all tonight." <laughs> I said, "You tell them. You tell them this one's on us." Yeah. And I said, "Well, what if they complain to, to the colonel?" He said, "They wouldn't dare. He's out here with us. <laughs> We've had three yeah. three uh, active and and." No, four active and retired highway patrol colonels, those uh, awesome. guardians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're kind of running out of time, but one of the things I want to mention is that you know a few weeks ago it it, w- it became it was announced that uh, uh, honor flight uh, tours could no longer be escorted by police. Uh, you're happy to, to tell me today that that decision has been reversed thanks to maybe some senators from Missouri and a congressperson, uh, congresswoman. That is correct. Yeah. Yes, it has been reversed effective June one. Yeah, we get the we get the escorts back. Yeah. One year you had nine hundred and seventy two motorcycles uh, uh, escort you in. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And uh, <laughs> that was uh, we flew on July third. Yeah, and uh, uh, everybody was off for the fourth of July, and uh, only about half the motorcycles got around us before we got to Columbia. They had to slow down to five miles an hour at Lake of the Woods, and they we still didn't get them around and. <laughs> That same trooper that I was talking about earlier came up to me at the hall, at the courtyard Marriott, and he said, "If you ever fly on July third again, I'm going to arrest you." <laughs> so, and he meant it. He yeah. meant it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Great story. Um, I uh, 
the the arrival at uh, the Courtyard Marriott is a very special ceremony. That's the only part of Honor Flight that I've been able to experience, and and uh, uh, it's uh, you have a, a huge crowd yeah, that's there. Huge crowd, bagpipe uh, band, American flag off the city fire departments. Every uh, participant, every uh, is is honored as they get off the bus. They're in their hometown. They're announced. To, yeah, who they are, what town they're from, service branch, uh, conflict, and everybody cheers and they walk in. and Re- reconnect with their family 22 hours later yeah pretty amazing uh, i want to remind our listeners that on june 24th uh, the zimmer radio group is going to be hosting a radiothon to support uh the central missouri honor flight it's their largest fundraiser of the year uh it is uh, this group does not do fundraising everything is is uh done for them and uh, uh voluntarily so tune in uh to june uh, june 24th and hear all about honor flight steve falsell former boone county fire chief won the the lifetime achievement award last weekend uh and uh the flight leader for central three on flight thank you for your time thank you for uh we will uh be back next weekend this is the ceo roundtable show on 93.9 the eagle this city is my city and i love